place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Comics now. Welcome and hello, Baba Booey, to you all. Thank you for listening. This is the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 59, covering New Comic Book Day, June 15th. So thank you so much for joining in on the fun. It's just a jam-packed fun show. It's like your favorite sandwich with like layers of tomato and Swiss cheese and avocado and bacon. It's just all of that crunched into one delicious bite. Please tell your family and friends to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Thank you, by the way, to Nick for making the fantastic theme song. I love it. Please check out his Facebook page, facebook.com slash popdees, and his Instagram at pop underscore dees. What a fantastic musician you are, Nick, and thank you very much for making our theme song. And happy Father's Day to all you pops out there. Thank you for everything that you've done to us, to influencing our lives in a positive way, for being there for us when we needed you. Thank you to my own father. Hello there, Roger. Rogelio Latori. Hi, hello out there. I know he's actually in Yellowstone right now on a trip, but he does peek in and listen to the podcast. So thank you very much for being a great dad, and happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. So quickly, before we jump into the show, let me uh, just go over a couple of nerd things on my brain. Uh, nerd things in my brain, whatever you want to call it, and um, Hoopla and Overdrive. It's a it's a free app that's partnered with some l- your local libraries, Los Angeles County specifically and San Bernardino County. I'm sure there are others out there and more are just joining as time goes along. But Hoopla and Overdrive are a great way to read digital comics. I know there's audio books and actual books, etc. But every day they seem to be adding more actual digital comics. And I don't like reading comics digitally, but it's nice to peek in there every so often, and if I have absolutely nothing paper to read, I'll peek in there and check out some things. So I'm trying to embrace it in a little bit of a way, but I, I don't really care for the format all that much. But it's getting better, and maybe who knows in the future. But it's nice if you have if I have absolutely no paper comics to read whatsoever, then I'll use that as a last resort. And uh, kind of a cool thing that I finished reading was the Boxers and Saints from Gene Yun Lang. Please check that out. Check it out at your local library. Buy it on Amazon. It's very cheap. I think the whole set was like $25 for both books. And it is phenomenal. I know it's a historical book about the boxers, the Chinese boxer rebellion. But I can't recommend it enough. It is fantastic. It's very kind of comic strip style. But it's told from two different perspectives, which is just very cool. So I would definitely, definitely recommend Boxers and Saints from Gene Lun Yang. And... Also, uh, happy 75th birthday to Wonder Woman. I know that it's coming up. I know her first appearance was in 1941, and I'm looking it up again because I had it kind of handy, but crazy that it was December of 1941, All-Star Comics number eight. But can you imagine a world without Wonder Woman? I mean, thank goodness that they decided to add a female character to the DC Universe, and they made her interesting. They made her strong, giving her super strength and agility and speed and reflexes. With a lasso of rope that forced people to tell the truth? An invisible jet? I mean, come on. So happy birthday, Wonder Woman. And and I'm glad that they decided decided to, to put her out into the world. I mean, created by William Moulton Marston. I know everybody's heard the story about how he's the creator of the lie detector test. Yes, that's right. He created the lie detector, detector test and Wonder Woman. Those are the two things he's known for. <laughs> but very cool. So happy birthday to you, Wonder Woman. And I'm starting a new kind of segment, so here is the first ever. I'm actually just going to do, every so often, whenever it comes up, just a random comic book recommendation. And this is one that I have for you. It's Cerebus, or Cerebus, however you call it, by Dave Sim. 
And the reason it popped onto my radar was on his site, CerebusDownloads.com. He's offering a ton of it for free. And it is digital, of course, so, you know, but it's not too bad. It's in a PDF format. And in a nutshell, Cerebus here is a anthropomorphic aardvark who takes on a number of foes and he is sort of traveling throughout the land. The uh, Dave Sim, the artist, is a Canadian cartoonist and he wrote it to completion. It's a 6,000-page story. So it has, they say, a parody of sort of sword and sorcery. It kind of has that bone-like feel to it from the little bit I was looking at. And I'm going to check it out, and I recommend it to you. From the little I've read so far, I am intrigued and is interesting looking. And around issue 65, there was a background artist that jumped and joined in and joined the team. His last name is Gerard. Gerhard. And he, boy, adds, like, depth to it and... It's just gorgeous to look at, and it definitely, if you enjoy Jeff Smith's bone or things in that realm, uh, it is for you, absolutely. So check out Cerebus, the aardvark. I mean, 6,000 pages, that's nuts. 300 issues, and he completed it. It's done, so kind of nice. I like, I'm a completist, so I like things that just come to an end that are really good stories. So that is my random comic book recommendation of the week. Also, I wanted to quickly thank my son, Justin. You can follow him on Instagram at JustLAKings for his work on the Sunspots Comics blog. He is actually, he wrote one just uh, not too long ago about his thoughts on Captain America 3 and more is coming. He saw uh, Ninja Turtles recently and he wanted to kind of do a little, a little review of the newest Ninja Turtles movie. So thank you very much, Justin, for doing the blog. It is fantastic. Again, check his blog out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And I'm also writing a comic book with a friend of mine. I'm doing the the, uh, the writing and the lettering and the coloring. And my friend Jordan's doing the art. His uh, Please check his Instagram for his beautiful samplings of his art at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. It's fantastic. And the zombie, uh, the, the zombie, the comic book is called Zombie Destroyers. Yes. And you can actually check out the website zombiedestroyers.com for updates. I have the first four pages there. But just a quick little update on where the comic book is. I have uh, just about finished page 11 and 12 on my rewrites. And he is finishing up a two-page, very ambitious two-page splash, I might say, of Zombie Destroyers on page 9 and 10. So that's exactly where we are. We're almost at that halfway point, which is exciting. When we hit 22 pages, we're going to work on releasing this comic book to the earth. So that is Zombie Destroyers. So check out the website, zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. So thank you for all that. So now, without further ado, let's jump into my favorite part of my podcast, which is the Sunspots Comics recommendations, the comic book recommendations. I read a ton of comic books, and I also uh, reread them sometimes and really take a look at them in an analytic way. And I try to make my my pleas to you. I try to give you excitement, give you some positiveness of these comic books that you definitely should read on paper as soon as possible. But before we jump into that really quickly, just wanted to cover a quick news article. I like to jump in there every so often and, and mention a few things that uh, just tickle my fancy. And uh, this one is a comic book feel-good factoid freebie. That's right. And this one is from KUNC.org which the title says the comic book's debut is thanks to a program bringing literacy to Boulder inmates. So I just dig this. It's in Boulder, Colorado. They're actually trying to help improve literacy of their inmates by implementing comic books. And of all genre, I really dig it. So I have to commend the Boulder, Colorado jail system, county jail system for implementing comic books. It's something different. It's worth a try. Why not? Maybe it'll inspire a few people to actually read other things further and go to get their GED or even attempt to 
further educate themselves. So I know it maybe isn't for everyone per se in the jail, but maybe there's a select few people there that are learning their lessons, that are trying to turn their lives around, that want to embrace this beautiful artistic medium, which is comic books. So good job, Boulder, Colorado jail systems. <laughs> so that's my one comic book feel-good freebie of the week. And also, I just wanted to uh, oh, I just take a glimpse, just take a dip into the world of artificial intelligence. It's been a little while, so here we go. We're going to dip right in with the one article from TheMirror.co.uk, which entitles, Robot which can choose to harm humans sparks artificial intelligence debate. Why is there a debate on this? Why are they giving this artificial intelligence the right to choose to harm us or not? Didn't they see every movie that where they should build in a sort of part of its brain, part of its makeup, a part of its software that will not allow them to hurt, to harm humans? Why are they considering letting these artificial intelligent robots have a choice? Because if they have a choice, the choice will be to murder us. That's right. That's correct. But it's an interesting article and it goes a little further in saying that to truly be an artificial intelligence, they have to give it those choices. They can't restrict its thoughts. Otherwise, it can't expand into more complex style reasoning, but uh, I don't know. It's just one of those articles that make you go, oh boy, let's bunker down. But anyway, that's my one glimpse dip into the world of artificial intelligence. That's right. So anyway, those were the only two. Oh, a last one, actually. This is uh, just another comic book fact that would feel good freebie. Um, just a, a heads up, and I'll talk more about it later, but just quickly on the Halloween Comic Fest. So this is sponsored by Free Comic Book Day, and it's done this year on October 29th. So that's a Saturday, October 29th, where there's going to be about 25 different full comics they're giving out for free. So it is a great day to jump onto titles you were thinking about. It's, of course, horror slash spooky slash dark and ominous creepy style of comic books. But all of the publishers are sort of kicking in something. There's already five or seven titles here that I definitely want to take a look at. Afterlife with Archie's in there. Harrow County's over there, which is just so acclaimed by Sunspots Comics, of course, and everyone else. The Haunted Mansion, the Disney series, The Haunted Mansion's going to be in there. So... It's definitely worth taking a look at. There's some indie titles in here. There's Evil Dead. There's one in here from Viz Media called Tomi that I definitely want to check out. But a ton of free comics that will be at your local comic book shop on October 29th celebrating Halloween Comic Fest 2016. So that's uh, the second comic book feel-good factoid freebie. But I'll talk more about that as we get closer, but it is in October. But I went last year. It was a ton of fun. I got almost all of the comics of the uh, last year, I think it was 20. This year it's 25. They just seem to be upping it every single year. So a ton of free stuff, so check it out. So anyway, that is the news. So let's get back to the uh, favorite part of mine, which is the review of all my comics and my recommendations. And please go to your local comic book shop and pick these up on paper immediately. The comics I'm about to cover all came out on New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, June 15th. So this covers it. And spoiler alert, of course, you have been warned. I don't give away everything. Which, thank you to all of you that have given me praise for that. I try to give the sell the positive uh, things to you and get you inspired to read them, but without just ruining everything that, that comes along with the story. So, I do a decent job. I'm getting better at it. But, uh, spoiler warning anyway, spoiler alert, you have been warned. So, 
By the way, if you want to see everything I've picked, all my favorites I've picked in the past, my entire giant pull list, which is over 100 titles that I, that I collect on a regular basis, thank goodness they all don't come out at one time. That would just break the bank. But just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on pull list, you'll see everything that's there that I regularly pull. And also click on the top comic books of the week, you'll see all of the favorites all the way back from May of last year. So check out sunspotscomics.com from time to time. And this week's art winner, and I love when this all comes together, it's an art, the art winner, the art cover winner, and it's one of the top picks of the week, which is from Superman Rebirth, comic book artist Patrick Gleason. Oh my gosh, how beautiful is his art on this. You have to see Superman Rebirth. It is a gorgeous style of art. His facial features there really evoke emotion, and it's just so iconic looking, gorgeous. His lines are amazing. I'll talk more about it but I couldn't recommend it. Just from art alone, you should buy this comic book, Superman Rebirth, and look at Patrick Gleason's art. I even went ahead and followed him. You can check him out on Instagram, at Patrick Gleason Art. But it is gorgeous. So this week, for June 15th, New Comic Book Day, I actually bought 21 comics. It was a big week. But they went by really fast and easy. It wasn't uh, if, wasn't piling up on me or feeling uh, impending in any way, which was a great great sign that these were fantastic comics and 10 of them made the favorite pick list so not quite 50% I always want to get to at least 50% of them being great and then the other 50 being very good to good the stuff that's very that's below very good and good you'll see them off my pull list and I just don't discuss them so you can read between the lines there but this week there were actually I like to highlight the number ones there were seven total new number ones Three of them were sort of number ones. You had Superman Rebirth, Batman Rebirth, and Dark Knight Returns, The Last Crusade. So they're sort of number ones, not really, but there were four real new number ones this week. Tales from the Dark Side, Han Solo, The Joiners, and Weird Detective, which fantastically, some of those, I won't say all of them, made it to the favorite picks of the week. So we'll get into that. So here we go. Let's jump right into it. Last little spoiler alert, of course. And here we go for my comic book recommendations for new comic book week. June 15th. So here we go. Coming in at number 10 from Boom Studios is Claws. Written by Grant Morrison, art by Dan Mora. And man, Santa Claus is coming to town, folks. <laughs> in this issue, we're actually introduced to the Christmas Grinch demon, I guess, which we all know and love and haunts our dreams, I guess. <laughs> But uh, I don't want to describe what he looks like, but uh, yikes. I'm glad that whoever, however Christmas came to be as to what it is today, did not involve a demon that looked like this. A Christmas demon. We just don't need it. But anyway, here he is. He's introduced. It's definitely interesting. Definitely ominous. Scary. And, and as far as a comic goes, you never want to shoot down the main hero's pet it's just one of those rules, right? In comics, you do that, bad things are going to happen to you. Well, they do that. Claus is pinned down. He's he's trying to bring Christmas back into this dreadful, miserable town. And the, the magistrate that's taking care of the town as the king is out, whatever, out and about. The king's just gone. He's an evil monster. And he uh, doesn't want anything to do with Claus trying to bring happiness to this town, which is the strangest thing. But, yeah, he uh, ties Claus down. He's going to stretch him out or leave him there for dead and they they shoot an arrow into his pet wolf so yeah just immediately I was angry at this and 
you know what they say, all great comics have to have a villain you really hate. Well, that's one way to do it. Shoot at the main character's pet, no matter what the pet is. But <laughs> there is just a lot happening here. There's only one more issue left. This is six of seven. And I gotta tell you, Grant Morrison is really writing an interesting story, a fun tale of the origin of Santa Claus. <laughs> and you know, I laugh at it, but it's fantastic. And is Santa Claus going to make it? Is he going to just die being stretched out, laid out on the ground? Is his pet going to die? You don't really get all that answered. This is more about the introduction of the Christmas Grinch demon. And man, frightening. But well done, well told, fantastic writing. You care about these characters. Very good, Grant Morrison. So that is Claus, number six. My number ten pick of the week. My number uh, nine is Batman Rebirth. This is DC Comics number one again? Question mark? Rebirth number one again? Batman, uh, there seem to be a bunch of these. But uh, this is written by Tom King and pencils by David Finch. His penciling is gorgeous, let me tell you. He's got a real good handle on how Batman needs to look here in the dark, in his musculature, and this is fantastic. You got Gordon with the bat signal right off the bat, and a plane is going down. It was hit by an RPG, and it is going to be crashing on Gotham somewhere. So this is just a cool action comic just from beginning to end about what Batman's going to do to stop this plane from crashing in Gotham. And I got to tell you, the art done by, again, by David Finch here, his, the way he creates action in this is fantastic. He really delivers like a great feeling of speed and tension because it's ultimately just this one simple one-shot issue of, of Batman trying to save the day here. And there, uh, you know, he's, Alfred's calling out to everyone, but no one is able to help. I mean, Superman, this would have been a, you know, th there'd be no issue, of course, if Superman just happened to be available. But uh, we'll get into what Superman's doing right now. But... Yeah, so he's got to figure out a way. He's got to use some Batman gadgets here, some Bat gadgets. He's got to, he's, he's, he's driving in the Bat car, which looks phenomenal. It's kind of the uh, the Michael Keaton Batman style of Batmobile, which I love. It's very long and very awesome. And Gordon's doing his thing to keep everyone in touch. They go back and forth to some tense moments on the plane. It's just a fantastic action movie, and I dug it just for that alone. It was a quick read. It wasn't tons of dialogue. And how the plane doesn't crash and kill everyone, of course, because, you know, that just wouldn't happen, is a twist. And, and we're introduced to some people here that are right on the cover. And uh, so I don't want to blow it here and tell you kind of what happens. But great action movie, great action Batman issue. Fun from, from page to from beginning page to end page. I was enjoying it. I'm definitely checking out more of the Batman Rebirth in the future. It inspired me that much. So check it out. That's my number nine pick of the week. My number eight is a clean room from vertigo comics this is issue number nine of clean room and this is a strange weird story about this alien infestation that's basically been living among us for many 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 years disguising themselves as demons and sort of haunting people's dreams using that aspect to sort of misdirect the human race as believing they're demons more than aliens that are ultimately trying to take over the earth so an interesting premise there i dug that I thought that's an interesting way to go about it, but our main character, Astrid, in this, who is sort of, there's two main characters, there's Astrid and Chloe. Astrid is this author that created a Dianetic style of book that actually will have some people that read her book see the demons, see these aliens slash hiding as demons. And so, or some people just kill themselves, and that's where Chloe comes in, her, her boyfriend killed himself reading Astrid's Dianetic style book. 
And this, as uh, Astrid, the, the past issue was shot by her brother. So this is the aftermath of that. She's dying. She's she's hanging on to dear life. They show her going through a surgery and basically being wide awake at the opening page, which is haunting and frightening. So the opening page alone was enough to give you nightmares. It was creepy. As she's having this surgery, she was shot, but she's kind of wide awake while it's happening. And you're like, oh man, it has that kind of tone. It's definitely a mature read. It's gruesome. It's gory. There's a surgical blade cutting into Astrid here. It's gross. <laughs> and then we go into meeting these two new characters, which late in the game, because I think this is ending soon. It feels like it's kind of coming to an end that we are introduced to two new characters, or maybe they're in for a little longer haul here than I thought, because I guess they haven't officially released when this will end or how many issues are actually in this. But yeah, they're... They're sort of reminiscent of the two angels in Preacher, and I think that's who they are. They're either angels or they're hidden aliens as well. But they're on the case. They're going to jump into this, you can tell. So interesting, these two mysterious new characters. This kind of late in the game. But yeah, this shows that Chloe goes into the clean room with the head of security, of Astrid's head of security, and her one of the three triplets, the... The red ginger, red-headed triplets that live next door to Chloe, who are greatly just drawn, very interesting characters. I think they might be of a, in my opinion, I think they're of a different alien race, although you just see them as these bearded, red-headed ginger guys. But she takes one of them in there with her, and he has been possessed by one of the aliens. And they use this alien and trick this alien into, into healing Astrid. And the biggest surprise is how Astrid sort of takes that in the end. You know, you, she's been this gruesome character. Is she going to be thankful? What is she going to do to this, which her mission is to kill these aliens, where I love that misdirection where from the longest part of this comic, you thought that Astrid was maybe in lieu with them. Maybe she was part of the alien armada to destroy Earth, but no, she's like Earth's only hope. But the way this pink alien sort of slimes out of the red-headed neighbor's body is the way they they affect uh skin and tissue is pretty gross looking and drawn so beautifully i gotta give props to the art here of course it's uh gail simone on writing and on the art is john davis hunt and he is amazing very realistic very gritty style very brightly colored with the clean room of course just being this this net void of color and it's just all white like like that matrix that preloading matrix room where you go in to pick all your weapons is just this white surrounded by all white but it's a construct where you can communicate to this alien armada that eventually wants to destroy earth why we don't know but uh, i think we're going to get into that very soon so it's a fantastic alien adventure action very gruesome adult gory story and i love it so you have to have to have to check out clean room that's why it's my number eight Number seven is one of the number ones that made it to the list here. One of the real number ones, anyway, is Weird Detective, number one. And Weird Detective is from Dark Horse Comics, and it is uh, written by Van uh, Van Lenti and art by... Uh, this first name is crazy. It's G-U-I-U. Gui? 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 I don't know. Villanova. I'm so sorry, sir. But your art is amazing. And this is the creep winner of the week. This definitely is creepy. It's kind of like a man, like Martian Manhunter story, like a, like a single sort of smaller scale Martian Manhunter story. It's a story of this detective that has been taken over by an alien species. 
and he's trying to keep this hidden. He, this alien spirit, sort of jumped into our uh, off. Detective Green is our main character's name, and he's trying to hide out. And he's you most of it at the first few pages of uh, panels here in this issue is him talking in his mind about how sort of feeble humans are by even we don't even have all five senses that we believe we have it's only three and he sort of breaks that down in a kind of a condescending way and he says how he actually has 17 senses which are most because of his brain uh, uses a lot more uh, uses a lot more of his brain than humans do but he's on the trail here for a strange murderer that is they find a body and he is he is on this team of detectives that is the sort of minor crimes unit, <laughs> which is they're kind of the B team, if you will, for solving murders. But uh, this this detective Green, since he's taken over this body, has been working his way up the ranks and becoming the guy that's making the newspapers, solving the big murder mysteries. And they find a body in a pool that's just lack of bones and organs, and it's just a bag of skin. <laughs> frightening, horribly frightening. And I love that when Green sees a human using their sense, there's sort of a bubble, a speech bubble that pops up of that human's using their eyes, using their ears. And it's just sort of strange how he analyzes every human as he's dealing with them. And I love the little bit of humor that's that's thrown right into this, that every time someone thinks he's really weird or is acting strange, that, that Detective Green is looking weird or staring, that he uses this, he uses that uh, one line where he says, well, I am Canadian. <laughs> and he uses that over and over again as his alien species believes that Americans will buy that and that that's good enough. That uh, <laughs> if you just tell people you're Canadian, then they'll just kind of give you a pass that you're really strange and odd. <laughs> just dug that little bit of humor there. And uh, so they're hot on this trail of this alien species. And there's a couple here that go into this empty building to sort of have a uh, hidden little rendezvous, an indoor picnic, if you will, in an abandoned building. Ends up the daughter is like the, uh, the the girl is the daughter of a a mafia man in New York here, and she gets killed and her boyfriend gets killed in the strangest of ways involving a toilet. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's definitely gruesome, strange, uh, and drawn very graphically, very kind of creepy. And you do get a glimpse into what the alien uh, technology looks like. I like that to kind of show you that what they physically look like that's trapped inside of this human's body is just out there. So definitely weird, a little twisty and different. And I love that he's watching just all sorts of movies to try to learn the human psyche. So it's a definitely the, the, just the development of an interesting character that's very much like Martian Manhunter, etc. And why he's doing this, why he's hot on this trail of this of this either a serial killer or maybe it's also just another alien, has a kind of men in black, I don't know, feel to it. But I really, really dug it and I think it's really interesting and very weird. So very named apropoli of weird detective so check that out from dark horse comics that's why it's my number seven it's uh, definitely weird <laughs> so coming in at number six is the joiners number one another new brand new fresh number one from archaea comics written by rj ryan and art by david marquez i have to give props to the colorist kelly fitzpatrick fantastic coloring here but this is like a very cool-looking futuristic sci-fi tale. It's supposed to be a year 2062. And they develop a very complex, complicated character here that is... He's like... 
it, this is kind of like if you did a like a rated R adult contemporary Jetsons movie, <laughs> or like if the DC studios from DC Films made a Jetsons movie, it'd be very kind of dark and very dramatic. And um, they use some very unique storytelling in this that they even sort of have this X-ray uh, single splash page of his brain sort of diced into segments and what he's actually thinking of by percentage. And there is some storytelling done in this strange page. It's called What's On My Mind page. And it's like a journal page. And it shows that it's July, uh, April 25th at 7, 19 p.m. on 2062. But it is uh, an interesting little storytelling, unique piece of way they're doing the art here, which I really, really liked. You have to see it. But ultimately, it is this adult contemporary story of the Jetsons. How uh, Mr. Jetson, uh, that's not his name, is going through a divorce and... There's that complicated storyline there with the kids and how that involves them. He's also created like this jet vest, this flying pack for people to fly around. And he's mastered it. They, they explain here that he's got it down. So he's got to start working on the business side of it and how they're going to distribute it. And so he's already this multi-billionaire. He's a genius, but he's about to be even more of a multi-billionaire. But he's kind of a womanizer. He's not really... Uh, he's not really likable in the way that he isn't taking his marriage seriously and his his wife is kind of trying but they're it, it's just a kind of a mess and it's complicated so definitely had a um contemporary adult feel there but it has this sort of jetsons like look into the future and um but it but it definitely has a twist and some unique storytelling as i said and i'm definitely in i want to kind of see where this goes i know it's uh it's number one of four so it's just a mini series but this is like a what uh, the look into the life of a crazy genius billionaire that is uh, is has a complicated kind of messed up life. So where's this gonna go? And there's a part of his background, an interesting little very dark part of his background that is exposed here in that uh, brain slicing page that uh, is definitely interesting. I don't want to waste it, but you have to read each and every one of those little percentages as to what he's thinking in his brain. Very very cool. But the joiners, number one, I'm in. That's why it was uh, my number six pick of the week. And number five is from Image Comics, Invincible, number 129. Again, consistently solid. My favorite superhero comic. Every time it comes out, I'm super, super excited. I read it in a just a feverish, just excited, passionate pitch. And I, I love it. It's got such depth. There's so much. I went to Wikipedia for Invincible recently just to see a recap of where we are from issue 1 to 129. And man, there's so much stuff. It's just packed. And the best scenes, honestly, are when Mark, our main character, Invincible, is dealing with his dad, Nolan, Omni-Man. And this has kind of a little bit of everything. And I think this is going to jettison us into sort of the next arc, which is the first part of it shows Omni-Man back on a planet which you don't know if it's Earth or not and Nolan, Dad, or Omni-Man here dispatches an enemy in a way that is just gruesome and very powerful. So it's very, very cool to see that, but gruesome. <laughs> and then there's a funny moment where the president of the alien planet that Mark and Eve and their child live on is, uh, he was, he fought the, uh, the, there was trying to like overthrow him in the government, there was a coup. And he is like this, <laughs> it's like the second page. It's hilarious. And he's laying on a, on a hospital table with like no arms and no legs and his top head of his, top part of his head's taken off. But he's like, it's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> Honest. 
And he's got this positive nature where he's just like a slab and hardly any of them left on a, on a hospital table. But it just, it made me crack up out loud, let me tell you. <laughs> and then there's this completely awkward moment where Mark was, of course, gone for five years on accident, not on any doing of his own. And his wife waited for five years, but did start dating someone and then broke up with the guy before Mark came back. And it's the brother of Mr. Allen's, uh, it's Allen's sister. So that's even more awkward there. So it's someone they know, and Eve is there trying to tell him to get out, and it's just this awkwardness. You can definitely feel the awkward here. Because you know Mark, you know he's just trying to do the right thing, and he's he doesn't want to be jealous. I mean, she he was gone for five years. There's just this complex mess here and their daughter is there and she's hilariously cute because she kind of wants just everyone to be punched <laughs> but you have to read her dialogue well written mr kirkman by the way of course uh robert kirkman has been doing this for years Corey walker's back on penciling and arc i know he uh, penciling and ink he did that in the a long time ago in the first maybe few issues and then ryan otley took over but ryan otley of course doing right now i hate fairyland but Yes, so after the extremely awkward moment, uh, which is great, and I love awkward moments in comics, and this delivers, if you definitely want that, then you're introduced to some new characters here. So there's this character out uh, there in the world that's uh, a Viltrumite, again, the same uh, nationality as uh, Nolan, the dad, Omni-Man, and half of what Mark is made up, he's half human is this guy Thrag. He's a conqueror. He's a Viltrumite conqueror. He's trying to build his armada, build his army to eventually fight Earth and take over everything. He went to a planet of these locust creatures where he he is is mating with them to create an armada of half Viltrumite, half locust creature. And they are, there's two new characters or maybe twins, uh, Anon and Ursal. So they're half very powerful. Viltrumites are basically like Kryptonians, if you will, in this. And... They and you're introduced into Thrag again, and they're just des destroying this planet. And these twins are going to be a power that's going to have to be reckoned with in the very near future. So, very cool that you're introduced into the the, the new Viltrumite Thrag children, <laughs> Anon and Ursal. So very very cool. And of course, the ending page is always a twist, always a splash. I'll just say that it involves the I want to say her name is Anissa that a while back sort of raped Mark, kind of? Was he not willing? Was he willing? You're not really sure, but it involves her, and it's a jaw-dropping moment. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you have to read Invincible, one of the best comics ever for a very, very long time. Invincible. Thank you, Robert Kirkman. I would say I easily enjoy this more than The Walking Dead. Yeah, because it's, I don't know, it's just so fantastic. Anyway. That's the number five. And the number four pick of the week is Tales of the Dark Side number one. Another actual genuine number one. And this is the lock and key team. Let me tell you, this has Mr. Joe Hill, son of Stephen King, and Gabriel Rodriguez. They were the art and writing team on Lock and Key. And they are back for this one shot here of a story of a character that they introduced called Sleepwalker. And it is kind of a one and done issue, but I'm totally okay with it. And I have to tell you, Joe Hill does a fantastic job of creating a character you don't like, you pretty much hate at the beginning, and then you feel sympathy and pity for, for what is done to him. <laughs> and that's just a testament to the way he draws emotion in the face, and the way that he sort of makes uh, his, his life 
which seems very shallow, actually have some depth. So ultimately, this is a story of a young teenager who is a lifeguard that is, is uh, he's kind of a jerk. He is just kind of living life as in, uh, you know, he doesn't really care too much, doesn't want to go to school. He's just kind of like a dead weight, if you will, in society. <laughs> but he's good looking and he can be a lifeguard and he can basically take naps as he's a lifeguard. Yeah, sleep while he's on the job. And something gruesome happens where a lady drowns here, and yes, he goes to court, he's kind of blamed for it. And he lives then from that moment, though, not like he could just jump back into his life and be a lifeguard again. He actually is filled with overwhelming guilt and is sort of uh, hankered down with like a really depression, heavy set feeling of guilt for being kind of responsible for a woman dying in the pool on his watch. But he got away with it because his... Uh, Family has some expensive attorneys, they have some money, and he walked away with no jail time, got off scot-free. But he lives with such guilt. And then there's a dark side event, it's called. And there's this mysterious gentleman that that all of a sudden, like, it's daylight and all the sort of lights go out without any clouds. It's just this weird dark brown, everything turns dark brown in this dark side event. And there's this mysterious man that steps forward and says, I know what's happening. This is a dark side event, but I'll try to help you, and then falls asleep. <laughs> and then everyone in that puts their eyes on this character falls asleep. So that's why he's called the sleepwalker. He doesn't know why he has this power. So he has to cover himself from head to toe. He calls someone that he loves to try to help him, like someone that's a, like a friend that was actually good to him, like a next door neighbor girl that he kind of grew up with. And yeah, the man that had his wife, uh, that his wife drowned, blames him for not watching, for not being awake on the job. And his wife would have lived if he would have just been awake as a lifeguard is coming after him to kill him. And what happens in this sort of action-packed transaction is crazy and it's surprising and it's so well written, I have to tell you, 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 could, you could, there's definitely an ending to this and I don't wanna tell you the ending, but what happens to our sleepwalker character here and his next door neighbor friend and this guy that wants to kill him for killing his wife or have revenge or redemption or something, it all comes down to a very dark tale. Very very interesting and unique tale from the dark side. So very, very good. I enjoyed it. It was a one-shot, but definitely worth reading. It's it's everything all in one comic, and I like that when that happens sometimes. It doesn't need to go anywhere. It's a one-shot, sort of Twilight zone -y kind of uh, interesting tale, but very, very well done. That's why it's my number four, Tales of the Dark Side, number one. And now, uh, top three. Here we go. So this is my top three comic book picks of June 15th. So here we go. We're going to go into number three right now, which is Black Widow number four. And I love the opening sequence here of this nine page or nine panel uh, splash page, single splash page with no dialogue at the beginning, but it's some great storytelling. So Black Widow's trying to find out what this Red Room is really all about. She's being blackmailed from this group. They're called the Weeping Lion. And it seems like the, the Weeping Lion group wants to just eliminate everyone that had to do with the Red Room where she came from and this headmistress and the headmistress's daughter, Anya. And so she's been shot. She's bleeding. And that's what you get to see in this first page panel, nine grid panel plate page, which is just amazing with no dialogue. And it quickly kind of gives you uh, a, a little right up to speed as to what happening is what's happening. Black Widow was shot and she's unconscious. And, and then she has this dream slash uh, flashback. And it's fantastic. You really get a good glimpse into her origin. And it's this two-page splash immediately kind of after that as to what happens when she awakens. 
and she's in this strange cabin, and there's this guy, Iosef, that kind of saved her, but she doesn't know that at first, and it's two pages of just panel after panel, which is so uniquely done. It is amazing piece of storytelling. You have to have to see that. And uh, yeah, and then and the headmistress is introduced, which great is another little glimpse into the background of Black Widow, and you get to see Anya, and she's injured, and it's kind of cool that they were going to immediately fight, but they would rather have her heal and be 100% before they they go to fisticuffs. So yeah, they're in the long game of destroying Black Widow here, from going after people that designed the Red Room. And I love the low-tech espionage that she has to go through here because she has none of her high-tech gadgetry in her, her Avengers suit with the glowing blue. She just has to go back to basics here and use some simple weaponry and knives and a, and a very, very old rifle. And I love that espionage scene. There's almost no dialogue. It's, she, she does it very quietly so that she can meet up with the headmistress. And it's just it's great storytelling and it's simple. And the coloring and the art is gorgeous. And there's probably about 40 words in the entire page, but you want to look at it again and again and again so it doesn't just go by as a very quick read and kind of be disappointing. You don't have that at all. So definitely my number three pick of the week is uh, Scarlet. I mean, uh, is a uh, Black Widow. But coming in at number two is Scarlet. And Scarlet is from Icon Comics, which is an offshoot of Marvel. It's kind of like their Vertigo title, adult-based uh, titles here from Icon Marvel. And uh, that's written by Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis, who is, of course, the master, and art by Alex Maleev. And Alex Maleev is definitely pushing his artistic style here and trying some some different things. At the very beginning, <clears throat> and we all know Alex Maleev's style is very photorealistic, very gritty and dark. But the beginning sequence of this is the origin of this officer going, that's her last name, and it's her origin and how she was inappropriately... Her, her sergeant made inappropriate sexual advances on her, like even attempted to rape her, and how she handles that. Luckily, she protects herself, but she goes to the powers to be to complain, and she's talked out of actually bringing everything to light, which I thought was really interesting. She plays ball. They tell her, look, we'll give you a promotion. We'll move you up the ranks if you just let us handle this internally. We'll give him a slap on the wrist. We'll transfer him. Well, I make him write a, a letter, and she's like, a letter? This guy tried to rape me. But ultimately, she takes the she takes the offer. She she plays ball with these guys, and she gets promoted rather quickly. And I love that ultimately this is where she realizes she's part of all of the problems that law enforcement is having with corruption, that she's a major part of it. And that is her, like, her awakening and what makes her realize that she has to join Scarlet and Scarlet's rebellious group of people that are taking on all the corrupt cops in this undisclosed, I guess it's New York. And so there is a speech here from Officer Going when she talks to Scarlet for a little while, they go back and forth, and Scarlet's not really pushing her to join their rebellious group uh, that are fighting corrupt policemen, but she's telling her kind of how it is, and it's really just a realistic conversation between two adults, and she knows that Officer Going could be really helpful in their fight towards corrupt cops because Officer Going is a, a well-known, respected policeman and has moved her way through the ranks. I think she's like FBI at this point. And so she knows she's an interesting piece needed in the rebellion, but she's not forcing her, not pushing her. She's giving her facts and telling her things that have happened you have this great conversation, and you can definitely feel it's genuine when Officer Going admits that, yes, she's she's joining this rebellion, and 
She has this speech that's so well written by, by Brian Michael Bendis. I have to commend him. It is absolutely memorable and it's really, really moving. And I read it three times and it's there's a lot of genuine truth mixed in here about the problems with our policemen nowadays and that there are good ones, of course, but these problems need to be taken care of. And it's 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 just it's it's devastating and it's heavy and it's really, really super well written. I don't want to say what happens here towards the end because it is a twist and it it will be gone for a little while. I was reading Brian Michael Bendis said it might be next year or so before they're able to come back and revisit Scarlet, which is a bummer. Because I know Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev, they're just, they're busy. They got a lot of stuff going on. I'm sure they're doing even movies and TV shows and etc. They're all executive producing stuff because they're, they're head honchos. But <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be a while. But so this is definitely the backstory, the origin of Officer Going and how important she is to this rebellion, to Scarlet, who Scarlet lost her boyfriend from a corrupt cop years and years and years ago. But I'm really digging it. Scarlet has been solid. And now you can actually just start reading them from, from 1 to 10 because they definitely took some years of break in between uh, each issue of this comic. So it's you definitely lose the continuity over years of space. But get them all together now. And I'm sure they're going to put them in all a nice collection. But fantastic. I love it. Scarlet is my number two. I mean, very solidly. Could have been number one. But definitely... A solid read. So check out Scarlet and every one of them so far, all 1 through 10, have been fantastic. But the number one pick of the week that beat them all, that was just so delightful and fantastic. It was the art winner of the week, the cover art winner of the week, of the week and that is Superman Rebirth. Thank you so much for your fantastic art on this, Mr. Gleason. And it is just amazing. It's iconic looking. The colors really pop. The reds, the yellows, it's just gorgeous. And uh, Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason are both given writing credits on this as storytellers. And the art is by Patrick Gleason. And it's number one again. So I'm hoping this is where Superman just continues on. Because there have been a lot of these number ones just coming out from DC. So you don't really know what the number one is. This seems like it is actually the number one. And it's interesting that I picked this on my Father's Day episode. It's very, very appropriate that this is my my pick of the week for Father's Day week because this ultimately the interesting part of this comic is Clark and Lois's son Jonathan and I dig that I don't really know how Lois has her powers I know she basically does as Superwoman and Jonathan their son very cool named after of course Mr. Kent Pa Kent you initially think the kid seems well-rounded seems very happy seems like a well-adjusted kind of kid and you're quickly shown very much the opposite <laughs> but right off the get-go you're seeing Clark at a funeral and so you rarely see that it's this dark sort of somber quiet moment drawn so gorgeously and he talks about which is a little weird I guess that the old Superman of this earth is now dead and he is the Superman taking over this earth so kind of strange I know it's the whole universe and multiverse and there's more than one Superman out there etc but who cares <laughs> anyway it is a quiet sad moment that's very very delivered in such a fantastic way with this gorgeous art and then you see that he needs to he, he says he needs to stop wearing the black superman outfit with the chrome superman symbol that he needs to be that icon that visual icon that the world needs and so there is a two-page splash here where he uh, rips open the shirt and it is just absolutely iconic and just kind of gives you the chills and it gives you that heroic feeling which i absolutely loved 
that was enough right there. I didn't even need to go further, but it is just gorgeous. There is this sort of montage page with the US flag sort of melted into it, and it's a retelling of sort of his origin, and it's just beautiful. The use of yellow in this, even the outlining of uh, Superman's cape in yellow is kind of interesting, but their barn's on fire, they're, they're hiding out, they go by the Smiths, that's their last name, they're hiding somewhere, and Clark is uh, saving their barn because it's on fire, and Jonathan is just watching from a window seal with this look of absolute glee and amazement in his face, and you can look at it over and over and over again, it's the look in his eyes that are drawn so well, and Jonathan just says, my dad is Superman. I mean, it just kind of gives you the chills. It took my breath away a little bit. It's just so iconic, so Americana. It's just gorgeous. And he has a cat named Goldie. And what happens to Goldie is not very good, not very nice. This is where things with Jonathan start to fly from the rails a bit. And, yeah, you're seeing the crack in uh, Jonathan. I mean, who knows? He's been probably just kept away from everyone for so long. And they're in hiding and living a lie and... Who knows what that does to an adolescent child with brain damage, because they all have that, right? <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, there is a neighbor girl that witnesses Jonathan's powers, so how's that going to affect things? And there's a quick little meeting with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, just very cool. They're having a little meeting. You can't really hear what they're talking about, and Jonathan's leering in to try to hear exactly what's being said, but his superhuman super hearing isn't quite there yet, but it's just a great introduction to... This particular Superman saying, enough hiding, he needs to come out, he needs to do what's right and be the hero that the world needs and step into the into the footsteps of the previous Superman who he really, he really admires and it's easily shown that here in his eyes and the way he looks at the graveside and everything. But ultimately, yeah, it's a, it's a father-son story here, so <laughs> there you go. That is why it's my number one pick of the week. Gorgeous art, fantastic cover, just so iconic full of a, a just a plethora of colors and it's gorgeous and even this cover kind of tells you of, of, of shows you some things to come because they show some different bad guys here and they show like a Kryptonian green like a kryptonite skull in the background even this this cover alone is giving you that there is a bunch to come in this so I think I'm really super excited I know I am about Superman where it goes from here I hope this is the official number one and we move forward from here and there isn't another number one but I absolutely love this. So there you go. Those are my recommendations for New Comic Book Day, June 15th. Please, 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 I can't tell you. Can't stress it enough. Go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. They are worth every dime of your money. And again, to see all my past uh, favorite picks of the week, just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on the top comic books of the week, and pull list to see everything there from May of last year. Again, on sunspotscomics.com. And if you'd like to win a small free comic book prize, just send me an email with a question or maybe a recommendation or, or just a piece of advice for the show, whatever it may be. If I do read your email on the show, I will send you a little free comic book prize. So just send me an email to chris at sunspotscomics.com. And please tune in next week. I'm actually a very, very small week next week. I'm only reading six comics that are on the pull list, but there are five new number ones that I want to check out, one of which is The Flash, another number one. But... I'm really excited to read anything Flash. Who cares about the numbers right now? Because I'm still on a definite high from that show. It's just amazing. But thank you so much for listening. Please check us out next week. Tell a friend again. Check us out at Instagram, sun, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at Sunspots Comics. So thank you so much. Check you out next week. And thank you for listening. And don't forget to be like water, my friends. That's right. Be like water. same for the story.
Thoughts Comics Now.